What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. From the field to the film room to the war room, we've got you covered every step of the way as the road to the draft starts right now on BGN Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BGN Draft Show. The Eagles are 5-0 and and we're still talking about the draft because it's awesome. And I can't wait to talk about some of these players with you guys. I am your host Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm joined today by my co-host. He's a fellow draft enthusiast. It's Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure you check out his podcast, Party on Broad. Dives, how are you doing tonight? What's going on, Shane? Thanks for having me on. All right. I'm also joined by my co-host on Chalk Talk. It is Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. Be sure to check out his Tough Cover radio show every Saturday before college football kicks off. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. I'm excited to talk about the draft. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a school, it seems like. I, my, I have a theme coming with my with my draft profiles that I'm excited to I'm excited to drop here. All right. Well, let's get into it. Before, right off the top, we're going to recap our player of the weeks from last week. Uh, Dives took wide receiver Trey Harris from Ole Miss. Uh, he proceeded to turn in his worst game of the year. One reception for 26 yards against Arkansas. Uh, Dives is going to be in last place for this week's uh, awarding. However, Mark and I, I think we're going to have to call this one a tie, Mark. Drake May, quarterback out of UNC, throws for 442 yards and three touchdowns, which almost every week would win this, uh, except running back Kamani Vidal from Troy rushed for 245 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, we threw it to our impartial and obviously last place finisher for the week, Dives. He said we're washing that out as a tie. Uh, so Mark and I will tie this week. That puts me with eight points so far. Uh, and Dives and Mark each have seven. And just for reminder, we do two one zero scoring. So this is as close as it can get through six weeks of the college football season. All right, enough of that nonsense. We'll make our player of the week predictions uh, here in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's talk about Eagle prospect profiles in our Eagles target of the week segment. All right, let's talk Eagles targets of the week. Dives, why don't you lead us off? Tell the people somebody that they should be keeping an eye on this weekend. Well, if anybody watched Quez Bumble and Fumble out there in week five for the Eagles, we're going wide receiver this week. Uh, as we have a lot on the show, it's kind of been a theme. But I'm talking about Tez Walker, wide receiver prospect out of UNC. Tez has kind of uh, got a redemption story that's really interesting. Uh, last month, the NCAA denied his waiver to play immediately as a two-time transfer. 
Um, and, you know, this is a guy who went to NC Central his freshman year uh, during the pandemic. Uh, that season was canceled. Um, he's looking for a place to play. He transferred to Kent State. Uh, that was the only school that offered him a scholarship then. Um, but he uh, stopped playing at NC Central due to his grandmother getting sick and wanting to move closer to home. Uh, so he then switched schools to UNC and his appeal to play, the, the NCAA denied his appeal to play. And it was, it was all a huge commotion. Uh, and he finally got cleared to play week six for the first time. Um, so he, he's, you know, uh, it's, it's a really interesting story. So anyway, Tez Walker, man, uh, his physical profile is going to win over a lot of scouts, man. This guy uh, is really impressive. Uh, he's got an alpha mentality. Uh, he's Drake May's number one target. Um, you know, Drake May nearly put up 500 yards last week. It's not a shock that, you know, that that was also Tez Walker's first game uh, with the Tar Heels. Uh, great size, great speed, great length. He reportedly will run around the low four fours. Um, he's a an elite run after the catch threat. Very elusive. Um, uh, you know, as a sophomore, he had 58 receptions, uh, 921 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, he has some issues with drops. But overall, Tez Walker, man, I think I think this guy's on the rise. I, I think you're going to be hearing his name quite a bit of, as the 2023 season uh, wraps it up. But uh, this guy will also crush the combine. Uh, definitely a guy to know. All right. So there you have Tez Walker from UNC. Wide receiver, obviously, the Eagles could use a guy there. Uh, a wide receiver three moving forward. Mark, what do you have for us? Who's your Eagles prospect to keep an eye on this week? Yeah, I've got a I've got a player from a school, and you know, it's it's probably unrealistic. You know, the Eagles never draft players from this school, so you know, it, it's just it'd be hard to see. But I've Georgia cornerback Kamari Lassiter. Um, so I that was my little bit there. Um, but yeah, but yeah, you know, wouldn't be shocking to see yet another Georgia Bulldog get added to the Eagles defense. And Kamari Lassiter is a guy who I feel like isn't going to flash a lot on tape this year. And he isn't going to have a lot of moments on tape that wow you this year. But what he does have is the fear of every corner quarterback who has played against the Georgia defense because they're just not throwing at him. He's basically just shutting down a side of the field, which we've talked about these types of corners in the past when we've done our our cornerback shows in the offseason where it's like this corner was tested a lot and has a lot of ball production and picks and passes broken up. But this corner was so scary that he didn't even get tested. Kamari Lasseter falls under that second category. Through six games, he's only allowed 14 targets for eight receptions. 89 yards, no touchdowns, a 56.7 passer rating against, and he's played 286 snaps. He's a guy who people had pegged as a first-round pick coming into the year. I think he still will remain there, um, but I hope that the lack of opportunities for him to make plays because people aren't throwing his way doesn't hurt his draft stock because when he has been targeted, he's pretty hard to, he's pretty hard to beat. 
uh, whether that be in past years or this year. Um, he's extremely dependable, like like Dibes' beautiful graphic says right there. Uh, Kamari Lasseter is a guy who I, I think will continue kind of this Georgia run of first-round defensive picks. What'd you say, eight, eight receptions for 97 yards this year? I saw eight receptions for 56 yards. Eight for 56 yards. I mean, that's pretty much just like what Eagles cornerbacks allow on the opening drive of a game, right? <laughs> He's done that. It's a little worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for 91 before you blinked. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dives, anything you want to chip in about Lasseter? No, uh, Mark absolutely killed it. What I like about this dude, like he wasn't some like big time recruit, man. He's fought every inch. Uh, for playing time at Georgia, man. So not like all the other Georgia guys. Like they just pump out guy after guy. Like Bear Alexander was a five-star recruit, goes to USC. He's the, uh, the main guy there uh, at defensive tackle at USC. But Kamari Lasseter uh, fought his way up the ladder, and now he's, you know, one of the uh, best defensive players for that unit, man. That Bear Alexander guy you mentioned has a Georgia tattoo. Um, and he, he now plays on USC. I heard that tidbit the other day. He's a monster. He's a monster. All right. Well, let's talk my Eagles target of the week. There's a theme here uh, between Mark and I because I'm also taking a cornerback. I'm going to go Kalen Carson from Wake Forest. Uh, he uh, he was a three-star recruit. So another one of those guys that's not like – he wasn't the most highly touted guy. Uh, he's six foot, 195 pounds. Uh, he played 500 plus snaps in 2020 as a freshman, and he allowed a QB rating when targeted of 49.3. Uh, in 2021, he allowed a 55.5 rating. In 2022, an 81.8. So it's trending the wrong direction. Cornerback uh, plays not sticky at times, but uh, he's got three interceptions and 21 pass breakups on his career. Uh, thus far this season, he's been targeted 32 times, and he's allowed 17 receptions for 197 yards. And one touchdown. I think he is, I think he's a really good ball tracker and he is regularly disruptive at the catch point. He's got size, he's got really good size for a cornerback. Uh, that NFL ready frame, he can come downhill and thump as a tackler. Uh, he's really good, especially against smaller receivers at just taking them out of plays. Uh, I think he's really good at reading routes and zone coverage. He's got a high football IQ. You know, the flip side of that physicality and Mark could finish my sentence for me. Cause we say this about every corner we talk about, and I'm disappointed that he didn't say it about Lassiter. It's too grabby. Right. And, and we say that about all of them and it's true about all of them, but it's especially true of Carson. Like he is overly physical. He will seriously, he's going to draw a lot of flags at the NFL level. He's going to have to learn how to walk that back and when he can be physical, what he can get away with. Cause they do let you play a little more at the college level. I also thought he gives up too many big plays trying to make flashy plays and he makes the flashy plays, but he's also prone to giving up big plays, especially on double move type things. So I think this is a day two prospect. Uh, I don't think he's going round one. I think he's probably going to go somewhere on day two uh, and he's strictly a boundary corner. You're not putting this guy in the slot, uh, but he can play outside for you at the next level. So that's kind of my thought uh, on Carson uh, dives or Martin. Either of you have anything you want to kick in on him? No, um, I've, I've covered 11 cornerbacks so far for 2024. He's not one of them. I did have him wrote, written down, but I just haven't gotten a chance yet. So Wake Forest isn't a team I've had a bet on this year through five weeks. I do have a bet this week. It's not my bet of the week or game of the week or anything. 
I like Virginia Tech in that game. So I'll be watching that game. Now I got something to watch. Kalen Carson. There you go. There you go. There you go. We're making it easier and easier for Mark to bet money here. So exactly. Uh, make, I, I have I have covered Jasheen Davis, uh, who is an edge rusher. Uh, pretty underrated prospect. Check him out. I'm really surprised that I've watched a guy that you haven't watched, Dives. That's that's I know shattering to me. That doesn't happen <laughs> at this time of the year. So it's early. It's early. Yeah, just just to peek behind the curtain, Dives does draft scouting year round, uh, and until this year, when Rachel asked us to do a draft show because you guys enjoyed the show leading up to the draft, asked us if we wanted to do something throughout the year. Uh, Prior to that, I don't watch a ton of college football. I do a lot of – I'm so busy with, like, all the NFL stuff. I just, like, kick the can down the road and just really hammer, like, scouting after the Super Bowl. So this is the first time I've had an eye on it throughout the year, uh, and it just – it's a little shocking to me that I've looked at a guy that Dibes hasn't yet because this is his jam. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is – you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Well, that is our Eagles prospects of the week. If you're watching Wake Forest, I don't know why you would be. If you're watching Wake Forest, if you're watching Georgia, if you're watching UNC, keep an eye on Tez Walker, Kamari Lasseter, and Kalen Carson. So let's turn the page now. We're going to give you our player of the week predictions. All right, we are going to talk player of the week segment, sort of a bit of like fantasy football comes to college football. We're each going to make a prediction. Uh, We'll circle back like we did at the start of this show to see how we did last week it's neck and neck right now i've got a one point lead and you can possibly earn two points in a week so i have a a razor thin lead as we head into week seven of the college football season dives i'm going to throw it to you first give us your player of the week projection 
Yeah, we're in what week seven, and I think like every time I've chosen a player, I've not necessarily like went for the easy ones. I I, I always pick the like the you know a strong unit versus a strong unit. That changes this week. I'm going for the W here. Uh, I, I I I'm not going to allow Shane to to get another victory. Uh, my player of the week is Nick Singleton, uh, a running back out of Penn State. Uh, the first thing that you notice about Nick Singleton is his uh, elite speed. This guy is a home run threat, can take it to the house on any given play. Elite vision, uh, one of the best uh, combinations of power and elusiveness. And um, just he, he's an amazing, amazing running back. He's arguably the top running back in 2025. Uh, that's how good this guy is. Um, he can break through arm tackles. Um, this is a guy that I think can get better as a pass catcher. He only had 11 receptions his freshman year, but he's already got 11 through the last, but he's got 11 receptions through the last three weeks. So he's definitely making progress in that area. He, he has a, um, a, a teammate named Katron Allen, who's also an elite prospect in his own right. Uh, so there's a nice running back by committee there for Penn State. But on to week seven, Penn State uh, has a massive advantage over UMass, man. Uh, UMass has lost six straight. Uh, they're one of the worst defenses in the entire nation. Uh, they are 128th in rushing defense, 129th best in the FBS in scoring defense. They give up nearly 40 points per game, uh, over 450 yards per game. Uh, the Minutemen have yielded more points per game than all but one of the 130 FBS teams, and they allow more rushing yards than all but two. So the question I have in my head is how much is Singleton going to play? Because this has a chance to be a massive blowout win for Penn State. All right, so Nick Singleton there for dives. Mark, give us your player of the week projection. Real quick, you better believe that James Franklin is aware that the spread of that game is minus 42 and a half points. And, and, he, and you better believe he wants to win by 43 plus. Uh, I believe they're undefeated against the spread so far this year. One of the few teams remaining in the country. So uh, James Franklin seems to care about that. If you've watched the end of a couple of these Penn State games. Um, if And here's a guy where if you've watched the last couple end of his games, he, you've realized that he's, if not the best player in the country, the best non-quarterback in the country, and it's Brock Bowers. Um, usually when I do these, I try to pick a quarterback because they're the most sure bet to put up big numbers. And, and you pick a quarterback that's going against a bad pass defense in college, it's pretty rare you see a good quarterback get shut down against a bad defense. But kind of similar a couple of weeks ago to when I picked Travis Hunter in this segment, Travis Hunter felt like the story of college football in that moment when that happened. I'll be honest, there's a lot of ways you could go when you talk about the story of college football right now, but I think Brock Bowers is one of them. Um, Brock Bowers is absolutely special. Um, a Georgia team that has been underwhelming at times um, has basically been carried through second halves of games that were way too close by Brock Bowers. And, and you look at, obviously, this year's game logs, and, and we'll get to that, but it really started in the SEC championship game last year. I mean, he had a couple big games. He had a big game against Florida, a big game against South Carolina, but he was used kind of sparingly. He was used as a blocker a lot, about you know three to four catches per game probably throughout the regular season. 
Once the game started to matter for Georgia, SEC championship, six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, college football playoff against Georgia, four catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. National championship against TCU, seven catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Um, then now you look at this year and the last three games, nine catches, 121 yards, and two touchdowns, eight catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown, and then seven catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, these average yards per catch are just not normal for a tight end. <laughs> like, Just not normal for a 6'4", 240 beast of a man who can also help you in the blocking game as one of the best blocking tight ends I've ever seen. Um, so, I mean, Brock Bowers, it's going to be a really, really fun conversation for us to have when it's time to have it on when this guy gets drafted. Because you go look at 10 different mock drafts, you'll see a mock as high as the third pick. You'll also see sometimes where he's in the teens and even the 20s in some of these mock drafts. And we saw this year, tight end did get kind of undervalued a little bit. It'll be really, really interesting to see what happens with Brock Bowers because he is a special, special level tight end prospect, the likes of which we've only seen a couple times. I, I mean, Kyle Pitts is one, but Bowers is a lot better of a prospect than Pitts was, and I love Kyle Pitts. The difference is Bowers is – the blocker of that he's George Kittle basically except maybe not as fast but more run you over like I I, I don't even know who to compare him to exactly but I think he's more valuable than Pitts because he can help you in the passing game and also with his blocking um if anybody is watching this make sure you YouTube Brock Bowers uh against UAB uh, a couple weeks ago uh he threw one of the most ridiculous stiff arms uh, it was a screen on the sideline, and he's running down and just throws one, a defensive back for UAB uh, across the field. And the, the, the announcers, like, flip out. It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. That brings me to my player of the week prediction. I'm going to go with wide receiver Luther Burden III out of Missouri. Um, he currently leads the NCAA in receiving yards with seven, 793. Uh, he has one game this season where he was under 100 yards. It was the season opener. It was a long time ago. And he still had 96 yards. Like, he's been productive in every game. Uh, the last two weeks, he has a combined 289 yards and two touchdowns. They just lost a barn burner against LSU. They're playing Kentucky this week. Kentucky's allowing 257 yards per game through the air, which is 104th in the NCAA. Missouri's defense stinks. They're giving up 28 and a half points a game. Like if Missouri's going to win, they're going to have to put up a lot of points. I think this could be that type of game. Like I I think it's going to be another shootout for Missouri. I think if that happens, Luther Burden's getting the ball a lot. Uh, he's a five-star recruit. He's a, got elite rack ability. I mean, dives your graphic here says the player comp is Debo Samuel. And yeah, he's a strong route runner, great with the ball in his hands. I'm looking for him to have a big day against Kentucky. Because uh, I actually picked someone facing a top 25 team. Dives, you coward. <laughs> Says the guy who picked um, a running back playing Arkansas State last week. Exactly. <laughs> um, if it wasn't for Jaden Daniels going crazy last week, who was one of my winners of the week, Missouri would have should have won that game. That was a great game. Yeah. All right. So that is our Eagles prosper. Not sorry. I, I do that every single week. That is our player <laughs> projection. Of the week. It's late, y'all. This is the second of three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back shows. 
just because we love you guys and want to get this content out there. So, Mark, I'm going to turn it to over to you here. Do you have a lock of the week for us this week? But you're muted. muted. Jeez. Lock of the week, <laughs> it's early, but I don't understand. I haven't done the full research that I usually have done at this point of the week. I don't understand how TCU is a five-and-a-half-point favorite on BYU. It makes no sense to me. TCU just made Iowa State look decent. Um, I, I Keaton Slovis has been like seven different colleges in the last four years, it feels like. Uh, but he's finally kind of succeeding at BYU. I think this should be at least a pick if not BYU being favored. Some people would tell you that's fishy and you shouldn't bet it. But I'm going to probably end up hammering BYU plus five and a half there. Uh, I, I don't understand the line, especially since TCU's quarterbacks hurt. They're turning to a true freshman. All right. So there you go. Mark's lock of the week. Let's talk about our game of the week. A lot of good games this weekend. There's a pretty good slate, but there's one game that stands out. It is a top 10 matchup. Number eight, Oregon at number seven, Washington at 2.30. I think that's my time. 3.30 Eastern time on Saturday. I forgot to change the time here. This is a battle between two quarterbacks who could be fighting to be QB3 in this year's draft. You've got Bo Nix, the quarterback out of Oregon. I selected him and won with him as a player of the week prediction earlier this season. You've got Michael Penix Jr., who Mark has won a player of the week with. Uh, this is a rematch of a 37-34 game that Washington won on the road last year. I think this is another one of those games. Could be really exciting at barn burner. Washington's averaging just under 400 passing yards per game with 16 touchdowns and only two interceptions. But then you've got Oregon, who ranks 14th in PFF coverage grade. They're a top 10 EPA passing defense. And so you've got great on great there. Oregon's got a great passing attack of their own. They're facing a pretty porous Washington secondary. They're 112th in coverage grade. Dibes, what do you make of this game? Uh, who do you think comes out on top at the end of the day? You nailed it. Um, you know, this is high, this is Penix Jr. versus Bo Nix. This is a, a marquee matchup. Uh, both of those guys will be fighting for Heisman, uh, the Heisman. And, you know, we'll probably be looking back at this game in a, in a month or two um, and talking about it because uh, I, I have Michael Penix Jr. as my current quarterback uh, three in this draft. I mean, you've got a pair of amazing wide receivers in this one. Troy Franklin, who we covered on this show already. Roma Dunze, who we covered on this show already. So I'm not going to go into them. Uh, like you said, I, I like, I think I like the Washington defense just a little more. I also like the Oregon secondary. Um, I think this has all the makings of a college football classic. Uh, Braylon Trice is a guy uh, to keep an eye out for. Um, but I'm currently slightly leaning towards Washington, squeaking out a victory in this one, led by Michael Penix Jr. This could go either way. This is going to be just an unbelievable game. All right. Mark, what are your thoughts on this game? What are you watching for? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the best games left on the calendar uh, before we get the conference championship season. I think the winner of this game is a legitimate national championship contender. Um, and I think that's Washington. Um, I, I lean towards Washington. I'm taking the two and a half points, laying it. Um, I, I don't know why I'm supposed to expect Oregon to go into Washington and do what Washington did to them in one of the hardest places to play in the country last year. And I know that these are two different teams. Dan Lanning has had another year to kind of progress in the trenches. As we've seen, Oregon's been incredibly impressive in most of their games. 
But I think too many people right now are looking at the Oregon we saw against Colorado and forgetting about the Oregon we saw against Texas Tech, where they barely escaped against a pretty mediocre Texas Tech team. Um, I just think Washington's got guys um, in terms of first-round talent. I mean, we're talking Michael Penix. We're talking Roma Dunze. We're talking Braylon Trice. And they've got other guys who are going to get picked pretty high. Not to say Oregon doesn't have prospects, but I think Washington is being undersold, even though they are the favorite. I just think nationally, more of the talk has been about Oregon because they had that big statement game against Coach Prime in one of the most watched games in the history of college football. Um, so I think that's the last memory people have of Oregon. Don't sell Washington short. They're putting up historic, historic offensive numbers. And as of right now, if the, if the season ended today, Michael Penix is the Heisman. Um, and this game will go a long way towards determining, if not who wins the Heisman, at least who gets invited to New York. Um, so it, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens here. I think like this game is clearly going to go down to which defenses can get uh, the stops mm -hmm. in this one. And someone that you should really keep an eye out for, for Washington, um, who has who has more production than Braylon Trice, and we all, all three of us agree, Braylon Trice is a first-round, second-round talent, is Zion Tupuolo Fetui for Washington, mm -hmm. uh, one of the top edge rushers in the Pac-12. Um, just keep an eye out for him. Uh, he's having a very good season. Uh, he had a torn Achilles last year, I believe. Uh, so he's like kind of <laughs> um, on the recovery and having a great year. So keep an eye on that guy. He doesn't get enough love. All right. Either of you guys have any final thoughts you want to throw out about the game or about this college football weekend slate in general before we get out of here? Um, All right. Not really. All right. Just let's do it. I mean, yeah, uh, Notre Dame versus USC. Um, that is, uh, that is going to be a tough one, Mark. Um, it's going to be a tough one. Caleb Williams is special. We all know that. But I think they're also one of the biggest frauds right now. Um, I, that defense is pathetic. Uh, Notre Dame should be able to control time of possession against USC. We'll see. We'll see which Sam Hartman we get. Um, but anyway, um, USC versus Notre Dame is just special, man. So that matchup is always special. That's what Lincoln Riley does. He builds the best offense in the country by far and then kneecaps it with one of the worst defenses in the country and doesn't win titles because of it. Dives, do you know what the spread is in that game? No, what is it? What do you think? Guess the line. USC at Notre Dame. I couldn't even begin to tell you, man. What is it? Notre Dame minus three. It's, it's an insane, insane spread. What? That was a – Shane just had a Mark Henry Jr. what – drop that we're gonna have to add the chalk talk now i might i might go bet on my first college football game yeah usc plus three seems like the line to take a hundred thousand million percent um but usually when you say that is vegas yeah. knows something uh but i will say yeah i i won't bet on that game but i agree with dives though that is the one scary part about it usc is so so fraudulent around caleb williams it's just yeah. they have maybe the best college football player i've ever seen that's that's the one plus. So uh, probably not. Cam Newton's probably better. But taking taking aside Cam Newton, Caleb Williams is in that conversation. And, and so it's scary. We saw what he did against Notre Dame's defense last year. I expect more of the same. All right. Well, that is going to do it. Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of the BGN Draft Show. If you enjoy the show, be sure you smash that subscribe button so you get all the shows on the BGN radio feed. 
BGN Radio Show with Jimmy Kimsky, Brandon Lee Gowton, Babes on Broad, EPA. I've got Mark Schofield coming on for an EPA podcast later this week. You can check us out live Sunday after the Jets game uh, for the BGN Instant Reaction Show. So you guys keep it tuned here to the BGN radio feed. You can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Shane Half NFL. Dives is at Mr. Crockpot. Mark is at Mark Henry Jr. underscore. We will catch you guys next week for another episode of the BGN Draft Show. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.